There we go. Recording in progress. Um, I feel like we have a bit of an echo again, but do you know what? Oops. You got an obsession with echoes. No, I just have. No, you just got an obsession with echoes. Shut up, you did. Use your microphone. I ain't got it anymore. I threw it. I got angry and threw it and broke it. Shock. Listen, it's all right. I'm getting anger management. Right. You ask the question, I'll answer it with world-class responses. Let's go. Responses. Um, how would you market a six-week nutrition fat loss course? <laughs> oh, by the way, for the person who asked this question, I'm laughing not at the question. I'm laughing because essentially it was my job for about two years, maybe longer. Aimed at 25 to 35-year-old females, education-based with a programme for all to follow, one-to-one -one group coaching. Say that again. All to follow what? Pro, a program for yeah. to follow. Program to follow. Group coaching. Okay. Oh, okay. So, first of all, you have to relentlessly understand the market. <sighs> fucking, what are you doing? I'm stretching. Yeah, but I'm fucking in mid about. Well, you haven't even started, have you? You just no, don't. You drop in. Babbled a little bit. Sighs and yawns and cheeky bastard. Um, so be relentless in understanding who the market is, um, what they say, what they think and feel, what they hear, what they do, all of that type of stuff, their triggers, their pain points, their barriers, their obstacles, what they're going to gain from coming into the service. That is so important please do not underestimate how important that is um then i would choose the the places that you're going to market so gym floor which social media platforms 25 to 35 you're probably going to use instagram and depending on if you're a local area gym which you think you are then potentially where in the local area will a lot of them people go and hang out i.e hairdressers places like that um, so I've got my I've got my market, I've got my mediums, and now I'm gonna think about my message. Now, with marketing for something like this, I would probably have a bit I probably about a three-week lead time where I would use the first week to start generating awareness of it, where I would start to talk about it, gain a level of curiosity from people, um, tell them something, and they've got basically you you give them seven days where you let them know that they can sign up from the Monday after. And you would start to market and build the momentum and excitement and curiosity about that, talking their language. And then the week after, I would really ramp that up. So I would show up on my stories on Instagram. I would talk about triggers, pain points that leads to them, at least you having a call to action um, in regards to the, the program. Um, I would probably have a bit of a mini landing page or something set up that that tells them more about it um, as well so they can land on it um, posts i would be talking about it on the gym floor i would talk about it in the classes that i would be delivering if i'm in a commercial gym which you know you are um, because that's where the demographic will be 100 percent um, build the momentum so then you've got two weeks left then it's just about ramping up the activity and the awareness and generating an interest and desire in what you're doing. 
could you put on a couple of lead magnets? So yeah, potentially maybe you could put a, I don't know, female fat loss seminar on or a female lifting workshop on or something that's going to gravitate more leads as a group towards something specific in the last week of your of your pre-sale course. Um, so I'd have probably something like that on as well that gravitates people towards it. Um, and then just really drive the living daylights out. So yeah, probably about three-week lead time, build the momentum, build the interest, design, and then constant calls to action. Have maybe a little bit of a mini landing page for people to go to. Um, but really drive the living daylights on your gym floors because you'll be surprised how much interest it will get from people on the gym floor. Um, in, in the times that they go to the gym, that demographic, so peak times, in classes, in cardio areas, in resistance areas. Yeah, but I would have a bulletproof plan. That would be how I would go about it. Is there anything else that you would add to that, Nick? No. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's echoing again. Um, next question. You talk a lot about your wants, needs, beliefs, and values, and how do you, and how do you go about creating and relating this to your business? Question. Um, I think the first thing is it comes, I mean, the wants and needs, um, they do transfer over into like your values as well. So I think it's really kind of digging into, first of all, like, I think going back to kind of thinking about why you came into industry, why you wanted to be a personal trainer, what was the, what was that going to enable you to have, do, feel um i think that's a really good starting point because you know a lot of people a lot of people come into the pt industry for a certain type of lifestyle a certain type of job satisfaction um it's obviously very much a people facing service and business so you know you like being with people etc so I think that's a good starting point to really just nail down like why you came into it, what you wanted from the industry, why you wanted to become a PT. And I think that will start to help you understand like what you actually want um, from this. When it comes to their needs, I think think sitting down and kind of thinking about, right, well, I've got this, I want the, I've got an opportunity here to build a business that is on my terms, that is going to, I've got the ability to earn the money I want to earn, um, work the hours I want to work, um, have the job satisfaction I want to have, uh, live the lifestyle I want to have. Um, and I think mapping that out will really, really, really help, like in so many different ways, which I won't go into now, but I think it, that that's the kind of first starting point from the wants um, and the needs. So the needs will come through um, certain things like the elements of job satisfaction that you're looking for, um, you know, that certain type of fulfilment. Um, oh, who was talking about it yesterday? I listened to a podcast about it. Um, and they give a good analogy. I think it's the needs are like not just financial needs, but what do you need to keep you motivated, to keep you triggered, to keep your energy high, your enthusiasm high? Some people 
that will be having an easy time. Some people that will be being challenged constantly. Um, so I think understanding those two things is important. The values comes under, um, and I think we did something on this a while back, didn't we? Just trying to think of how we worded it. I think pull out some really important um, things that you align with, um, whether that is whether that is family, whether that is friends, whether that is having integrity, whether that is um, consistently having energy and enthusiasm. I think building out and getting some keywords under your values will then almost help lead your business in that way. Um, so the same things, and it, it can come down into your target marketing, come down into the way you position your business and what um, services you provide. Um, but those types of things, I think, is a really good starting point to then lead on to. Um, and it can just essentially helps guide your decision-making a lot of the time, values do. But you, first of all, you've got to identify that, and I think it starts with what I just mentioned. Anything else? No, no, no. I have got another question for you from the same person, though, if you would like that. Yes, that would be enjoyable. If you if you were going into a commercial gym, doing 12 hours, et cetera, um, what would be your first priority actions going in there to get you off to a good start? First priority actions. Um, make myself known. Constantly, like, relentlessly... Ooh, relentlessly um, get my face out there relentlessly talk to people relentlessly find out about the members in there um, That that's the biggest thing that's the biggest thing I would do that is the one thing I would focus all of my time on is yeah creating that awareness What are your thoughts on working with people for free before launching a new service? As I'm creating a new onboarding process, I'm considering taking on two to three clients for free before launching the new service in the new year. I think this would allow me to get familiar with the process while sorting out my any issues and making improvements to it before I launch the paid service. Any thoughts or advice? First thought is that you need to go on mute whilst I speak because the feedback is incredible today. I'm going to mute you anyway. There you go. Uh, stop being a tit. Um, <clears throat> right. I think any new product or service in any business, in any industry, needs to be beta tested first with the audience that you're going to try and attract. So I would say yes, I would test it with a demographic that you are potentially going to work with. Um, what I would say is that <clears throat> the more you give it out to free, for free to people, the less accurate feedback that you're going to get because in most cases, people don't value free. So their commitment to that free program um, 
won't be the same level of commitment to people who are going to pay for it. So it might not be a true reflection of feedback. So I'm just going to put that onto your radar. So there is ways that you can do that by making sure that you really dig out someone who really wants and needs it. There is other ways as well. I, in the past, when I've beta tested a new program, I've got the person or people to pay for it. And then once they get to the end of whatever it is that we've prescribed, whether it's three months or whatever, then I give them the money back. So there is an element of commitment each month or up from um, because then I'm going to get accurate feedback. I'm going to get accurate understanding of what's working as part of my features and what isn't. Um, so yes, yes, be to test it, but there is ways around it. And just to throw on your radar that as always, people don't value free. So the commitment level might not be ac an accurate um, reflection on what you will get when it's a paid service and you need that clearly. Anything else that you would add there, Nicholas? And, uh, no, that was them. Nah. Being a complete and it's said this morning. Um, any advice for setting up a podcast? Better not ask Nick. You need to unmute or what? Um, any advice for setting up a podcast? Yeah, I think um, firstly, obviously, get the simple software. Anchor is the one we use. It's incredibly easy, hence we use it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it comes down to the content. It comes down to the subject. It comes down to what you want to talk about. Um, and I think you know what, I think with stuff like podcasts and getting yourself on video on social and stuff like that, I think there's an element of just do it, just get like, just pick a subject. Maybe it's an introduction to you, your business, who you help um, and just record it and put it out there. I think the first one's the hardest one. Um, don't strive for perfection. Um, just get it done and get it out. Um, I think what helps when you're doing a podcast by yourself as well, if you are doing it by yourself, is just get a few bullet points down rather than a written script. That that's a personal preference. Some people will say you need a script. I don't think you need to. I think it's a little. Well, we never work off scripts. <laughs> you could probably tell. Um, so that's the first thing I think. You know, log on to and like find Anc Google Anchor, sign up for it. Don't get bogged down by microphones and editing and stuff like that. We certainly don't. <laughs> Are you pushing your beliefs here on other people? Fucking no, because no, because I'm about to say um, when you when you get traction, when you want to improve it, when you have the consistency in there, then in my opinion, it might be time to do those sorts of things. Um. And yeah, I think the same thing as you would build content out for your social, um, you know, go off your clients' questions, pick a, like, look at we, what we do each week, I'm not saying copy this, but um, this is a really simple, easy way of, it's directed towards you guys, but it's something that we can use to go out as well. So um, 
so yeah, I don't know if I gave any good answers there, but I think they're the ants, ants, ants shaking his head. Um, I think just do it, just get out there and do it. Like pick a, pick a subject, probably an intro to yourself. Don't overthink things, just get it out there, I would say. Um, listen, the only thing that I would add, I'm, not, I'm only laughing because of the points about editing and stuff like that. Um, you can't go wrong if it's for specifically for your clients at first. The amount of PTs that I've seen create a podcast because of like that shiny object syndrome of creating a podcast and it's what we should do in the industry and it's great and all of that. And then run out of topics is unreal. Like they do like four, five, six episodes, then go missing for a month, turn up again for a couple of episodes, and then that's them done. So uh, you can't go wrong if you put it in as an additional feature to your service for your clients. And then what will happen is because you've got that consistency from like what Nick's just said about the questions off the back of the check-ins and stuff, you can answer them and you know it's relevant. And then if there is a topic, like ESG is a perfect example of how to do a podcast and it not be fully polished all the time. Like she'll answer questions from a live Q&A like we do, but then there might be one specific topic that she wants to elaborate on more. And then we'll just jump on ad hoc for half an hour and talk about that specific topic. So you cannot go wrong creating a podcast if it's coming from a, from a place to help your clients. Like we constantly see it go wrong for a lot of PTs when they're just hunting for things to talk about. Like I hear loads of PTs who enroll in courses and because they think they're going to get lots of content and it helps them learn by saying it, I get that, but then they run out, they run out. So make sure it comes from a place of your clients. I can't stress that enough. And don't take Nick's editing advice. <laughs> it's only because look I just don't want to do it so I'm not doing it <laughs> that's it I don't care I don't care I'm not doing it we have quite we have quite a cool intro music now you do well <laughs> yeah, it's really skillful that <laughs> <laughs> How noise is in it anymore? Oh, I'll tell you what, the only other thing that I will add to this is that I've asked Stuart Aitken on the podcast of, and the topic's going to be, Nick's idea to be fair, so I'll give you some credit, um, how to build a great podcast because Stuart Aitken at the Bar has probably got one of the best ones in the industry. So we're bringing Stuart on in November to talk about it, so that'll help as well. But don't wait for him, just do it. Yeah. I have a client who's been who hasn't been to any sessions in a few weeks. We had a chat and I know she's been really, really busy with work and can't find the time. I asked her if she would like a refund and she has come back when, and she can come back when things get a bit, bit better, but she said not to worry and we'll come back the week after. I got in touch last week with no response from her and she has been charged again since. What would you recommend in the situation? Should I take the matter in? my own hands and refund her and pause her subscription. Oh, I think first of all, like, well done and fair play for the way you viewed this because there'd be a lot of PTs out there that view it as, do you know what, it's her loss, she's losing the money, so if she wants to. So fantastic values, definitely from the right place, so fair play to you. Um, If she would have wanted to finish, she would have turned around and told you when you give her the chance to. So what I would do is maybe just try and get her in for a bit of a chat. So like a face-to-face -face or Zoom chat 
where you just have a really honest conversation of going, right, is this product right for your life right now? And if it's not, then you've got options, either cut ties or go hybrid or go online. So I would say I would say not to jump to that straight away of refunding it because you've given the opportunity to, to stop. Um, but I would just chase her. I would just chase her. Um, and maybe give her a bit of a deadline. Just go, if you can get back to me by, I don't know, in a week's time, then I can book in a bit of a chat. If she doesn't get back to you by then, I probably would do that where I'd refund and just pause a subscription and send her an email and just tell her why you've done it. It's from the right place. And obviously, if she needs the service going forward, just to let you know, and then you can go back through the process again because she would have to go back through the process of onboarding, goal setting and stuff like that, just to make sure that if she is ready and right, um, because if she's busy, she's busy at the end of the day. But I think the way you're viewing it and dealing with it is brilliant. Um, but I would give her probably a bit of a mini deadline um, to have a chat first, not come into a session, have a chat first. Um, what to do if my client goes off sick the day of the session, already paid in the monthly fee? Hmm. Um, I th well, there's a couple of questions in the answer, really. Um, first one is, are they paying, per, like, are you charging a monthly cost for X amount of sessions? Um, if you are, I would, there's obviously that you owe me, I owe you, type of scenario that goes on so i think being open and honest with her and kind of putting it putting it out there and what she feels she needs to be doing obviously depending on how sick she is and how long she's going to be off um that's obviously consideration um i think also positioning some um times and days that work for you is important um rather than just saying when would you like to come in um, between now and you know the end of the month she's paying for the monthly session so so yeah i think just goes off sick that makes me think that she's not just off for a day um yeah if you can comment in this in this in the um type into the comment section below when you when you listen to this back be good to get some more context behind that. If it's just one session, then position some um, some times and days that work for you and see what she comes back with. If it's more prolonged, like if she's going to be off, off for a couple of weeks, um, sing into the comments and we can answer that a little bit better. If it's off for a couple of weeks, I just have that discussion and maybe um, putting that, putting this month on, We'll put it put it on pause for now and then pick it up again when she's ready but needs more context mate sorry just to state on that i don't think you covered it but that's the next week isn't it looking at stuff like that non-negotiables yeah so you'll take a lot from that session by the sound of it as well anyway on to the question nick thanks anthony 
In a, in a gym located in the city centre, is it realistic not to work in the evenings, let's say after 6pm, or is it shooting myself in the foot? Um, no, as long as you go all in. As long as you go all in in the hours that you want to fill with intent, absolutely not. Like, <clears throat> I worked in a city centre gym for the majority of my time. Um, as a personal trainer and three days a week I finished at two o'clock that's after I took got my shit together after a few years by the way it didn't happen straight away but three days of the week I finished at two o'clock um, which mean, meant I did two peaks so morning and lunch time so absolutely not but you have to go all in in the hours that you want to fill across the two peaks that you will probably have in your day um, yeah, because them two peaks, you, you're just going to have to really commit to really strong lead generation activity. And so on. bear in mind, in the city centre gym, if you do have a peak time at lunchtime, it's normally very fast paced. So people are in and out quick. So think about how you can maximise that type of culture within the gym as well. <clears throat> um, there's certain stuff that you can do, like, I used to go through phases of putting workshops, seminars, or um, like fast group sessions on to kind of bring people in. So like a lifting workshop, a nutrition workshop, for half an hour for people on the lunch um, where they could just switch one day's worth of training to come in. Um, I used to do some fast group sessions. So like get them in for small group training um, and drive traffic towards that throughout the month. And then there'd be like six to eight people-ish um, in them sessions and you take control of part of the gym floor. So you're just going to have to be really wise and intentful with your lead generation, but 100% yes, you can make that work. You're not shoot, shooting yourself in the foot. <clears throat> Next question for Nicholas. Michael Hanley is, should I invest in an app to deliver the out-of-gym workouts? Who is this? Who is this? All right. Gym owner. Nick, go. Yes. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, 100%, 100%. I think um, I think looking at what you want now in regards to workouts, but then also thinking about longer term as well. So I think look at the end goal of what experience you want to deliver outside of the gym hours to your clients. You know, what, what does that entail from check-ins, education, the, the workouts, maybe nutrition, accountability, community, you know, list all those things out that you want it to eventually do. Then have a look around of the different things that um, the different options of software that enables you to deliver that um, and pick that one, I would say. You might not want to use it all now, but you've got that You've got that position, you, you've got that opportunity to develop that. So I think 100%, I think a few things, I mentioned this a couple of times this week. Um, I think when you're building out workouts and you're using an app or using PC software, et cetera, yes, they've got lots of pre-recorded uh, demonstrations and videos and explanations and descriptions and stuff. But I think there's so much value in over time, not all at once, but over time, building out your own exercise library to replace that one. 
um, I think that will really, really help with aligning how you coach people face to face. So from the way that you name different exercises, everybody names the exercises slightly differently. Um, the way that you cue those exercises, you describe them, you give them coaching points. Um, you demonstrate as well with those coaching points. I think there's so much value in you in a client when they've been training with you face to face and they're doing a session away from you and they can have the same type of cues and explanations and language um, that you use in gym. It's just going to be a better experience for them and they're going to, yeah, feel more competent in my opinion. Anything else, Anthony? No, there's plenty of new ones about as well, like wad up and modify and all of that type of stuff. They seem to be quite, people are using them quite a bit at the minute. I've not looked into them yet, but they can sound good. Anyway, next question. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember? Do you recommend capping how many hours you spend on your business each week? If yes, how do you out? Um, yes. I do recommend capping your hours for on business. Just excuse me whilst I put the commute. Thank you. Um, I do. And the way you would work it out is start to have a look at how much time you invest into each client away from the session. So say, for example, you do a bit of check-in feedback every week. That's probably what? 10, 20 minutes, depending on how you deliver it. Um, any tweaks to program on nutrition, probably an additional half an hour. So, so let's base each week off individual clients on an, about an additional of a maximum of an hour per client. So let's say you've got 10 clients, you do 20 sessions a week, that's 10 hours there on client communication and client care. Then you've got your marketing, which clearly has to play a big role. So whether that's creating, um, designing and scheduling, that's probably going to take a big bulk of your week of on-business stuff. So that's probably, I'm just going to throw some arbitrary numbers out. It's four hours or so. So I would work out like that. Then any additional kind of um, lead generation, then other little bits. So like, I don't know, maybe you have a bulk of time for tracking. So like two hours a week where you will track 16 hours ish and you would just chop it up like this. So you would look at the main core components of your own business time and go, right, how long does that take me for the individual? How long does that take me as a group of marketing, my admin tasks and my product type of stuff, my operations and my business. And then I would start to section that across the week. And then that would help you allow to have that cap on hours. And what you'll find is when you treat it like that, you might look at it and go, wow, actually, that's quite a lot added on to the um, to the working week. But the key is, I, in my personal opinion, is that your own business should slightly outweigh or even the in-business coaching hours. So that's how I would deal with it. Anything you would add to that, Nicholas? Okay, he's put his thumbs up for the podcast listeners. He's put his thumbs up. Um, I have two more questions. I have two more questions that have been asked. I'm going to ask you one of them now. In fact, I'm going to ask you both. Sod it. Um, the first question. Um, I have got about emails on a list, but I have no idea what to send out about and how many times I should do it. Any suggestions? Um, I th it's, uh, this is from Rory on the group programme. Okay. Um, 
I think we start start with the minimum dose first of all. I think um, you obviously want to create some form of consistency and and frequency. So maybe, and I'm just going to throw some things at you. Maybe once a week um, you start this process. Um, I think there's a couple of different ways you could you could do this. I think when you have also for example, done a couple of social media posts. And obviously social media posts are generally shorter form. Um, they're usually snappier with bullet points and et cetera. So I think you can use that content to kind of elaborate on things and do things a little bit more um, longer form, explain a little bit more, give some examples, talk to them about how your client, how that affected your clients and how they got over it. So it's very much um, what Anne put out a couple of weeks ago about storytelling. Uh, but I think with the email, you just got an opportunity to create more context. And it doesn't just also have to be long form. It can be short form. It can be maybe you've done a 10-minute talk on that subject and you put that onto a YouTube um, link and then embed that into the email as the body of the email for example so i think the, the exact same way you come up with content for social media is the same thing you do with email it just gives you a little bit more diversity i think in the way that you deliver it and i think just keep it really consistent because the one thing that the one difference between social media and email is social media you probably get instant gratification through the engagement like likes and whatever for email, you probably won't. So I think it's just about being consistent with it. Um, a couple of measurements to have a look at um, and to track are things like opening rates. If you have any links on there, click through rates. Um, so use some things like Aweber or MailChimp to enable you to track those. Um, and yeah. I'm gonna ask you another question of his. Um... Referrals, what have you found best for boot camps? Struggling to get people to refer for me. They share their stories, but I don't know what else to get them to do. Perfect, mate. So <clears throat> I used to do this um, every month. I almost used to sit because my when I, I didn't run a boot camp, but it was like small group training, um, like up to kind of 15. And what I used to do is challenge those guys, the regular guys that come, in, come into those sessions to almost, almost like have a, not a competition, but like a challenge where, for example, each of them will, will be challenged to bring like two or three friends to form their own little team. And then we'll have little small um, team workouts against each other every kind of month or two. And what that does is they organically get the people who are, you know, your best walking, talking advertisers, the people who are in your service to pull their friends, family in who are like minded, who may want to try it. And then you've got referrals in and, and then you can obviously position that in a way where they might get a seven day free trial of your service post that. So that's a really easy way of getting people in. I think you've got to use it strategically and not do it all the time. Maybe, as I say, every two months, every three months or whatever um so that's a really good way of pulling people in 
um, getting the getting the members that come to your boot camp to take ownership over it. Um, you could just do partner workouts. Um, could just do an open day. Um, so you could do a charity event um, as well. So yeah, any of those things will work really, really well. Fantastic. I enjoyed that question today, actually. Some really, really good ones. Um, just uh, stuck into. Did you enjoy them? I enjoyed answering them, yes. Um, okay, ladies and gents. Well, that's us finished today. Thank God. So I don't have to spend any more time with Nick today at all until four o'clock. She's fantastic for me. Um, there is no questions in the chat. Brilliant. Right. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.